Matt Step, there are no double headers this week for probably I guess I would guess the first time all year. What are you gonna do? Be sad. <laughs> Tap and step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at the Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the tap, Greg Tupper. And I'm the step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. You are our favorite people. We love you very, very much. Uh, and uh, welcome to the semifinals. Welcome to, welcome to the Thunderdome. Welcome to Thunderdome. Yes. Um, we are here in the state semifinals of the Texas high school football playoffs. Uh, we did not... I didn't ask you this before you started the recording, but I'll just ask you now. Do you have any interest in talking about what happened last week? Or do you want to just move on to the semifinals? Uh, I think because of the size of the show, we'll probably need to... Watch Tepper's instant reaction video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a kind of an overview of uh, what happened in the regional finals. Um, and then you'll you'll get it. We'll, but I think in the course of talking about yeah. these games, we'll talk about last week as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, we got we got tw- we're, we're doing double the games this week. We're so doing we gotta, 20 games, yeah. guys. We're going all 20. This is your... State semifinal viewing guide. Yes. We're going to go different. all we're going to go from 7 p.m. Thursday all the way until 4 o'clock Saturday tell you which games are happening when go through each of the 20 state semifinals cuz this is it man. We are punching yeah. 20 tickets to AT&T Stadium this week. And I know I bring this up a lot. This is the round you can't lose in. This yeah. is the worst round to lose in. Yeah. I, I I hate to say it, but like you'd rather lose in the first round than the semifinals. It's yeah. This the the I, this going to games. I've noticed it. Just you know the uh, the level of despair and just people. I mean, it's it's crushing. The if you lose agony right here now. is heightened because you're so close. And and my my point is always, if you make a title game, you're remembered forever. They went to the title game. Even some of the some of the teams that went to the title game. And and you're like, man, like, remember when they went? Like, the, the ones that always spring to mind for me. Bowling, mm-hmm. 2014, mm-hmm. I think, the Vernon Jackson team. This junior year, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, bowling is always one of those kind of weird finalists. Hempstead, when they went and played Melissa. Corsicana, Mildred. Yeah. Um, and then I, I feel like as we get farther away from it, the Groover, Groover is going to be yeah. one of those that you're like, man, remember when they made the title? Yeah. Houston Lamar is another one. When they, when they played Kyler yeah. his sophomore year, mm-hmm. that was another one that was kind of like, wow, Houston yeah. Lamar made it. But yeah. the thing is, we remember them. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, who did Houston Lamar beat in the semifinal? I'm a, I'm a horrible robot, so I know. But Do you really? Like, yes. San Antonio O'Connor. Oh, my gosh. They played at, they played at the Burger Center. You have an illness. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> you have an illness. But point is, the no, point no. is yeah, that, you, that... Yeah, it makes sense. You're Sorry. etched in history. You're etched in history whenever, mm-hmm. you, whenever you play for a title. So we are punching 20 tickets. We've already punched four, by the way. Yeah. Motley, congratulations to Motley County, Richland Springs. I was actually paying attention. I'm not a six-man guy. Sorry, Lehman. Uh, but I paid attention to Rankin and McLean because it was so wild. Yeah. Ass. It ended up <laughs> 9180 or yeah. something like that. I looked at the score, and uh, me and Ish are the press box at Alamo, State, at Alamo Dome, and it's like 81 to 81, like early fourth <laughs> quarter. I'm like, what the hell is going on over there? Uh, that was a great game. So yeah. congratulations to McLean, Blum, who's their first, first time going to state for them. Congratulations to Blum. Uh, and then Richland Springs and Motley County, who are headed for AT&T Stadium. 20 more teams will join them. And we're going to talk about all 20 of those games. But first, Matthew, we must start, as we always do, with your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Matt Step, 
There are 40 11-man teams left in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. How many of them were not champions of their district? Out of the 40? Out of the 40. Uh, 14. 10. Okay. 10. Now, I didn't count this time. Everyone except one finished second in their district. The one, of course. Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor, who finished fourth in their, in their district and have uh, gotten hot. Yes. They've gotten They're on a heater. They're on a heater. So there you go. Your Texas High School Wall Fun Fact of the Week. Ten non-district champions remain. Uh, and got a fourth place team in there as well. That's All right. incredible. This is your viewing guide. This is one of my favorite one of our shows. This is probably going to be this is going to be a long one. This one's going to be pretty long. Buckle in. Buckle in. But we're going to go game by game, talking about each of them, giving you the full rundown of each of the twenty state semifinals. Uh, in, in you know, because if we were to do the draft, we would be leaving out half the games, and it's just like all these games are huge. All these games are massive, and there's really. I'm trying to think of how many how many games are you. Really confident in your pick of the twenty. Two or three. I think there's two for me. Two or three, yeah. Um, that I'm really confident. I'm like, all right, I feel like I got beat on that. Yeah. But then there, there let's put it this way: there are more more games that I feel like are complete toss ups than I am than there are that I feel yeah, like. Yeah, as really it should sure. be. I think right. we we have, to, we have to put our analysis hat on here mm-hmm. and really uh, dig into things a little bit to really tell I think who's going to win these games. So we're going to start on Thursday night. We're going to start. 7 o'clock Thursday at the Star Frisco. It's a 3A Division I state semifinal between the Brock Eagles and the Pottsboro Cardinals. Kind of North Texas heavy here, too. And I would like to issue a retraction from something that I said earlier this season. Uh, Brock, this is not a down year for Brock. No, this, uh, is, this is kind of the, what they do. Contrary to maybe what we... I mean, because you remember... We thought going into the, going into the year we, and in the playoffs, we thought... We both sat here and said, Brock in the first round gets Clyde. We kind of had that on upset watch. Yes. We were very concerned about the first round of playoffs against Clyde. And then they won the region. And we thought they were maybe the third or fourth yeah. team to beat in that region. And here they are doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Chad Worrell is a... That dude can coach. <laughs> and Brock is definitely a team that's that's improved, especially late. They're pe- they peaked at the right time. They are taking on the unbeaten and largely unheralded Pottsboro Cardinals. Team I saw last you week. You saw them last yes. week. I am interested in your scouting report on Pottsboro. Uh, very tall receivers. Mm-hmm. Titus Lyons is 6'4". He may weigh 140 pounds, <laughs> but he can run and he's got great hands. Um, Braden Plyler, their quarterback, does a great job. Um, he, he's kind of a dual threat guy. Runs that spread offense really well. Um, Pottsboro doesn't just have a bunch of individual stars. They're just kind of a solid team. Boy, it's kind of the same. Then they're kind of looking in the mirror. There, this is <laughs> other than the offensive, the difference in offensive styles. I think you have two incredibly similar teams here. Yeah, that are greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah. Um, but like other than you know, Brock's uh, getting the eye formation. They're going to run top. They're going to run power toss, power toss, power toss to Cass Jones. Uh, Pottsboro is going to go four wide. They're going to tempo. They're going to try to throw. They're going to try to spread the ball around. I think how the the key matchup in this game, having watched Pottsboro mm-hmm. play, is how Brock's how Pottsboro handles Brock's ultra aggressive ten one defense. Mm-hmm. Can Plyler have enough time to push the ball downfield and let those taller receivers go up and make plays? Well, and you go back to last year. Where Brock goes to a state semifinal and they lose to Malakoff. Yes. Um, 
And in a lot of ways, what happened, the key to beating Brock is, and we'll mention this with Alito as well, the key to beating Brock is simply to not get killed in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And Malakoff, last year, I think you could argue they won in the trenches. Yeah. I mean, their, they, their skills, yeah. Yeah, they, want, they, they play to draw a minimum, yes. their skill talent. One out of the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game here. This is on the Pottsboro fronts. And the other thing is that this is a game, I think, where pace is the coin of the realm. Mm-hmm. If this game is a slow, methodical, long drive game, that benefits Brock. Because they do. I do not think they have the horses to get into a shootout. No. They, they don't do not. And they don't want to. No. They want to win this game. They want to score about... 28. 28 points mm-hmm. and win. 28, yeah. If they if they have to score more than that, each one of those touchdowns, each one of those yeah. points is increasingly more difficult for them to get. And you can – Pottsboro's defense is you – know, Gladewater had a 16-play, 75-yard, mm-hmm. nine-minute drive on Pottsboro. Mm-hmm. That is the blueprint for Brock here. That is exactly the kind of drive that Brock wants to have against Pottsboro in this game. It is a really interesting matchup that – I think a lot of this comes down, like, I want to see if Pottsboro can hit some big plays. If they if they take the top off this defense, you mentioned the 10-1. Yeah. If they take the top off this defense, and if we're talking about a big game for Titus Lions, we're talking about Pottsboro. We're talking about we're talking about a Pottsboro in a title game. Yeah. Uh, they've got those. They got another receiver about six three. They're both tall, lanky receivers with good hands. Um, I, I but I think playoff experience plays a role here. This, this is mm-hmm. this is old hat for Brock. This is all new for Pottsboro. Mm-hmm. First, they've only made the semifinals once in school history. And that was in 08. Mm. Brock is in the semifinals seemingly every year. Yeah. So that could play a role as well. I mean, big venue at the star. This is, Brock played here last year. They're, this is not anything uncommon for them. That is going down 7 o'clock at the Ford Center in Frisco. Next up, Thursday night, let's go to beautiful Gordon Wood Stadium in Brownwood, where you will find not only – the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. Because yes. we going, baby. Yes. We're, we're going. Get in the swag wagon. We've already reserved the swag wagon. Yes. Don't worry. Took care of that. Where we are going out there to watch the unbeaten, bold gold of post, the antelopes of post, take on, I think it's fair to say, surprising Valley View. Yeah. Uh, I, think so. I think that, I think if you wanted to, I think that their regional semifinal win over Crawford Mild upset, but I, I think that was a really pr- pretty close to a pick'em type game. Mm-hmm. Beating San Saba last week yeah. is a straight up upset. Yeah, and, and Valley View I know was confident, but it was an upset. I mean, let's it was hold the thing. I, I was looking at the the numbers of the Valley View San Saba game. Neither offense could do much of anything in this game. Mm-hmm. It was Valley View's defense, their defensive line. Yeah, they eight. they I think their two scoring drives were both less than twenty yards. They they forced turnovers and had two short scoring drives. Um, then they got the block field goal at the end of the game to win the game. Um, they they did the job against San Saba, no doubt about it. That was a San Saba offense averaging fifty six points a game. Mm-hmm. Valley View held them to twelve. Super impressive there. Um, but they're going up against a post team that I think can match them in the trenches mm-hmm. with the size, and I think Post is going to have a little bit of an edge with at the skill spots. Um, this, this is a post offense that's opened it up a little bit in the playoffs. I mean they. They had to get into a shootout last week against Holly. Yeah. And that, that's, not, that's not really what they want to do, and they still won by 10 points. Yeah. What's interesting about this game is I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm catching myself because I'm looking at this game and I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure Post is the favorite. I'm pretty sure Post should win. But then again, I thought that last week, right? And so I'm second-guessing myself. Yeah. Um, 
post their running game with Ashton Jefferson has been really rock solid yeah. all year long. Nobody has been able to slow them down on the ground. No. Now, here's a Valley View team that, I mean, San Saba was the same way. San Saba was a team that, for as good as Sean O'Keefe was, he was more of a runner than he was a thrower. Mm-hmm. And you have a, and they were and able O'Keefe to. Chief sh- and Eli Salinas. Yes. Yeah. They were able to shut them down for the most part, holding the 12 points. So, this is a really interesting matchup that, I'll say this Valley View, Valley View cannot fall behind. Because no. I feel like if you fall behind against Post, they are happy to trade scores. Yeah. And Valley View's got a, they're playing a freshman quarterback, and mm-hmm. now, now granted, this is game fifteen. Yeah, he's probably not really he's a fundamentally freshman. a sophomore. Yeah, but still, he's still young, mm-hmm. young quarterback. That's not what they want. Valley View does not want to get into a game where they're having to throw the ball from behind. I think Post. So I think San Saba's big issue with Valley View was is they got their butts kicked in, up front. Yes, I don't think Post is going to. I think I think post up front is going to hold up a lot better than what San Saba did. You add in Ashton Jefferson, but you had post has got a lot of, a lot of other ones. Nathan McDaniel, Tatum Thedford, the quarterback Sladen Pittman, mm-hmm. the co- coach's kid at quarterback had a huge game last week against Holly. And, and even though they gave it forty two points, they contained Colton Mar- Colton Marshall for Holly was rushing for 300, 350 mm-hmm. yards. They held Colton Marshall held him to one hundred and ninety yards. Yeah, so they contained him a little bit. So. They're going to be laser-focused on Clint Epperson on the Valley View offense. I just don't know if Valley View has enough That's my question. firepower. What's I their, think Post is going to score. What's their plan B? Like, yeah. let's, say, let's say that they let Clint Epperson get, get some of his, but they hold him under what he normally does, right? What does Valley View do then? They're going to need another hero. I mean, they, they really didn't do much last week. You no. look at their offense against San Saba. They didn't get much done last week. It was the defense that bailed them out. I just think Post offensively is going to be able to do enough to move the ball. I tend to I tend to agree, but again, I'm in my own head because it's like Valley View is a team that has surprised me before. And so I would not be a surprise to see them win this game, especially if that defense it's up to that defensive line. Yeah. Because if they are if 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 Post is running for six yards a clip, it's over. Like yeah. it's over. They, they won't be able to keep up. Right. So they have to make sure they get stops up front and match them up front. If they do that, they got a, they got a chance, but the the thing about San Saba, correct me if I'm wrong. San Saba was a good running team, but they're they're not known. They were not known for their size. They were not a particularly no. big team. No, no, no. They're just really sound, mm-hmm. you know. So this is a big post team, yes, which is going to be an interesting challenge here uh, for uh, for the Valley. You remember last year, Region One kind of got the better of Region Two mm-hmm. in this round with New Deal win- winning and beating San Saba in the semis last year. So, you know, I think the edge goes to post here, but. I'm excited to go down to Brownwood. I'm excited to go to Brownwood. You know, I've only seen one game at Gordon Wood Stadium in my entire life. Really? Yeah, I've only, been, only, been, only seen a game there once. Well, so this is only my second trip. This is going to be my first. I've yeah. been to the stadium. You've uh, seen the Gordon Wood statue. I've seen the Gordon Wood statue. awesome. I gotta, have, we have to get pictures yes, of that. I have never seen a game there, so I'm excited about that. Who will they play? The other 2A Division One region, or state semifinal, rather, is a battle of unbeatens. In, it's 7 o'clock Thursday at... Cypher FCU Stadium in beautiful Cypress, Texas. A.K.A. the Berry Center. The Berry Center. Uh, Refurio takes on St. Augustine. And I would say that we had a pretty good feeling St. Augustine was going to be here. Yes. Uh, St. Augustine is not only an excellent football team, but also looked like, pretty much from the jump, the class of Region 3. I mean, we had it in preseason. We thought they were yeah. the class of Region 3. We did. So. And, and they've won the region the last. This is the third straight year they've been in the semifinals. Yes. And this is a 
a guy in, in you know they they were able their offense didn't explode quite like they did last week but or in Rovton we found, did a decent job containing him containing him but they still scored forty eight points yeah and and I really do think Jaden Hicks their quarterback is special he's a really fun yeah, player he had uh, three touchdown passes he mm-hmm. had pick six and he returned a punt for a touchdown yeah he does it all um, the now, thing about San Augustine though. Mm-hmm. Is the last two years in the semifinals they lost by forty two to Refurio in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and he lost by forty four last year to Mason. Yeah, so they haven't been they haven't been competitive with Region Four. Right, that's concerning going into this game because I think this, I we watched the Refurio game online last week and mm-hmm. I was very impressed with Refurio. Yes, this is this is this. You they, thought you you not to, I'm not trying to blow up your spot. You thought that Refurio was in serious peril against Holland. I did. I thought Holland had a great. I picked Holland to win mm-hmm. the game, and Refurio. I thought. This group of skill talent they have, they don't have the Lynx Hawthorne guy this year where, where they have the D1 player at the skill spots. But I think they've got more weapons this year than they've had in several years. They've got a lot of different playmakers. And it starts with Austin Ochoa, the quarterback. But here's the big question. Mm-hmm. How healthy is Austin Ochoa in this game? So we were watching this game, and it was sometime in like the second quarter. Second quarter. Second quarter he goes down awkwardly, and he starts limping. And we're like, okay. Well, they were already up 31, whatever. I think it was 35 6. 35-6. They're up big. And I was thinking, okay, well, they're gonna have him play out the half if he can, and then they'll pull put whoever it is. Also, Choa finished that game yeah. and finished that game with a noticeable limp. And his left knee wrapped. Yes, and his left knee wrapped. Well, you know why he finished. I found out that found this out. Oh, I didn't know. That the backup quarterback is Jordan Kelly. He left the game in the first quarter with an injury. Really? You know, you know, you didn't see much Jordan. You didn't see any of Jordan Kelly after the first quarter. He's a backup quarterback, and he left with an injury. So they ba- they literally, and we're talking two A Division one. They literally, basically, it probably would have been like a JV kid. Yeah, they didn't have quarterback. Yeah. So mm. I think that's why Ochoa stayed in the game. So is Jordan Kelly healthy this week? How healthy is Austin Ochoa this week? All interesting questions going into this game because I think uh, a hobbled Ochoa. <coughs> excuse me. I need to edit that. A cough out. Nah. Okay. Uh, a less than 100% Austin Ochoa, I think, does start to even the score a little bit when you look at San Augustine and kind of their path to victory. I right. think they're going to – Refugio's the heavy favorite here to me. I don't feel like this is a gimme game, Mm-mm. but I think Refugio's the favorite and a solid favorite. San Augustine's going to need some things to break right, and not having a healthy Austin Ochoa would be definitely one thing that would be breaking right for San Augustine going in. Here's, here's, here's what my concern is, okay? This San Augustine defense can be had. This offense is a flamethrower, but you look at their schedule. San Augustine, I mean, their best, literally, their best wins are their two wins against Groveton. That's yeah. that's it. According to our computer rankings, that's the only top 20 wins they have. Yeah. Um, Scarce and look, was way down this year. And look, they, they but but you look at some, sometimes, look, they gave up 20... 21 to Harlington. They gave up 46 to Norman G. And I know a lot of that was in garbage time. That game ended up being 84 to 46. But mm-hmm. they can get scored. This will be the best offense they have seen as long as Ochoa and Kelly are out there. Yeah. If they're not out there, it's probably still the best offense they've seen. <laughs> but maybe it gets a little bit dicier. Um, I, th- I like Refurio. I think you're right. The intrigue in this game is how, how healthy they are. And you better believe that if Refurio gets a... And remember, they are playing on Thursday because they're going to have a short week. Yeah, their title game is Wednesday night. Wednesday night. So they got to get this game done and over with. And you better believe that if this game, let's just say for the sake of argument, that this game plays out like the last two 
have have uh, played out where the Region Four team runs away and hides. You better believe JCR is going to get as many of his guys out of that game as quickly yeah, as possible. As you should, yeah. Because they will have a state championship game against either Post or Valley View to prepare for. That is your... Got one more Thursday game. One more Thursday game, that's right. One more Thursday game. 7 p.m. Thursday night. Let's go to the smallest 11-man classification. 2A Division two, And I think it's one of the two games we're on opposite ends of. Yes. 7 p.m. Thursday in Plainview at Sherwood Memorial Stadium. The 13-1 Elks of Stratford take on the 11-2 Hamlin Pied Pipers in a rare semifinal rematch. Yes. This is a game played that... Played at the same exact location. Did they really? I didn't yeah, know that. They played neutral site, yeah. So they played at the same place. This is a rematch of uh, a game in which Stratford dominated Hamlin. They did. 39 to nothing. And I think they're 39 to 6. Nine, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, but they yeah. they won in a huge convincingly. Huge, convincingly. And, ne- and and look, there's no reason to think that Stratford's let their foot off the gas. Um, they have been excellent. That win last week over over Wink. Wink was a good story. Wink was probably they they were a bit of a Cinderella story. They, they were, were an uh, underdog. Yeah, Stratford, Stratford was a big favorite. And they, yes, they did what they're supposed to do. Right, they took care of Wink pretty convincingly. But now Hamlin, Hamlin has walked a pretty tough path to get here. Yes. They beat, they basically, it really started in week 11 when they played Albany, right? That was an impressive win. Then they go and they beat, last week, Wellington and beat them soundly. They, they, yeah, they, 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 they drilled Wellington the week before Wheeler. Yes. They personally victimized District 5 to a Division 2. Yes. Year. They were personal victims. They were dominant. And, and right, I mean, this offense is scary right now. Braden Warner is in complete command of this He's offense. He's in his own Javon Williams. And then when they when, when they're throwing the ball to three hundred pound Austin Lozano, <laughs> and he's trucking people in the open field, that's that is not fair at the two A level. We had a we had a, we had highlights of that, and like we were watching that, amazing. And, and Craig is doing Craig is doing the highlights, and I, I I think if you listen carefully, I think you hear me go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need, to, I need to see that highlight. Yes, uh, it's incredible. But Lozano a like he can dunk a basketball. He's like he is a nimble big yes. man. Um, here's the thing. The, the game got away from Hamlin in, in the regular season because of turnovers. They, yeah. they put the ball on the ground. They gave the ball to Stratford. I don't think they're going to do that again. I think, I think this is going to be a very close game. I agree. The, the difference for me with Stratford, Stratford for years and years and years was a, was a get in the eye formation, line up, run the ball. Line up, run the ball. They did not throw the ball. And credit to Matt Lover and the quarterback, the, co- the coach, excuse me, uh, he – Decided if we're going to take the next step as a program, and I think I think the loss to Mart in the semifinals a couple of years ago kind of opened his eyes a little bit. Mm-hmm. They felt like they had to open things up just a little bit, and they have. They've got a quarterback that can run a more wide open system in Walker McBride, and they got Uden Romero, the the um the kind of versatile do it all <laughs> kind of athlete. I would like uh, to apologize for misspelling his name about six hundred times this year. It's Uden I U I U D E N. I'm yes. sorry, I've never met a guy yes. named Uden. Yes, so. uh He's a great versatile weapon for Stratford, and yet they still have they still have that personality, that physical, tough mentality in the trenches to go along with a more dynamic group of skill players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think Stratford gets the win, but I think it's gonna be a. a, a I think Ham- I'm gonna be keeping a close eye on yeah. this game Thursday night uh, at, while while we're in Brownwood. I'm um I'm going with Hamlin. I I think that they're playing. I think they're peaking at the right time. I think that that offense is hitting their gear. Um, we haven't talked at all about defenses. 
Uh, both defenses are, I think, solid, but not the strength of the team. But I think both defenses, whichever defense I think can rise yes. rise up this week is going to be the difference. This the is game. the moment, right? right. Key stops to it. Moments. And 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 by the way, worth noting, they will get, and I think this is savvy by both coaches. They'll get a day. They'll get a day up on yeah. their, whoever their opponent is. I think because they played each other in regular season, they already kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. And like, you just want to play Thursday? Let's just do it. That's fine. And it's not, you know, Plainview's not, it's not, you know, it's a it's a decent road trip for both, but it's not six six hours. That closes out Thursday. I'm excited about that one. Yes. That closes out Thursday. Four games Thursday. We now go to nine games on Friday. We will, Friday. we will start back at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Yes. 6 p.m. Friday as unbeaten Greenwood. Somebody got on to me for saying Midland Greenwood. It, that's what the UIL calls them, guys. Yes, and I get it. There's not another Greenwood. I, I will. I will say Midland Greenwood, the first reference. It'll be Greenwood thereafter. Just to give a frame reference of where the schools located. exactly taking on Texarkana Pleasant Grove. Another Let's, same thing. Same thing. Yes. Uh, Texarkana Pleasant Grove. This is six o'clock Friday at at, a, at the Ford Center in Frisco. And um, credit to Greenwood last week. They were on the ropes. Yeah, they were on the ropes uh, it, 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 against Iowa Park, a very game Iowa Park squad, and ended up pulling out some um, and heading uh, pulling out some heroics toward the end to pull out a thirty six thirty three win. They're in a semifinal for the first time since '02, and that's when they they lost in the state championship yeah. game to to, uh, to Bandera. Yeah, to Brady Bandera. Bandera. Shout Brady up, King, yeah. shout up, Brady King. Um, but it was a lot of it was kind of what. It was kind of what Greenwood's done all year. Tr- a lot of Trey Cross, snootful Trey Cross. Weston Wilbur had a good game, although I think that basically it's I think been more Cross than Iowa Park. Iowa Park was king on Wilbur yeah. and making sure you're not you're the one who's not going to beat and us. The thing about last week, you know, you know, Iowa Park drilled Greenwood last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Greenwood closed the gap clearly. Um, Trey Cross had a huge first half. He had 150. He, had, he finished with 193 yards. He had 150 in the first half. Mm. Iowa Park. Kind of contained him in the second half, but Greenwood in crunch time, needing a score to win the game, found found the answers and Cross's touchdown run with you know under two minutes left was kind of the it was the winning game winning yep. score in this game. It so was, it was a great win for Greenwood, and here's your, a mountain to yeah, climb. Your reward is the prohibitive favorite in four A Division two, the Pleasant Grove Hawks, who I can assure you Greenwood has not seen a team no. like Pleasant no. Grove it, it, for in a number of in a number of ways. One, they have not seen an offense like this, and that's because there's basically nobody else in the state who runs an offense like this. Yes, where it's 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 a wing tee, and I would need to go through their opponents. I bet they've seen a wing tee this year. I don't know yeah. out there. I don't know. It's not really wing tee country. Trying Mon- to think Monahan's quit running it. Yeah, uh, I don't think anyone else in the district, unless Lemisa or somebody was running. Yeah, it. which that would not be at the level of this. Yeah. But it's also a pass heavy, uh, you know, yeah. wing tee with Ben Harmon. But more importantly, and this is why I think Pleasant Grove is your favorite in this one, they have not seen a defensive line like this. No. Pleasant Grove has two, not one, but two Power 5 recruits on the defensive line, and Landon Jackson and Marcus Burris, yeah. who have started. They, those two started as freshmen on the state champion team. Frightening. Yes. Like, it, I mean, these are both – I mean, Jackson's a good 6'8". You know, he's lean, 6'8", mm-hmm. but he's like 225. And Burris is 6'4", 250, and is a is a mountain of a man. And, and this is, you know, the thing and He's that, a man. He's, he's a junior high school. He's a man. He's a full-grown man. The other thing is that 
this is what Josh Gibson does, is that he always has his team playing his best ball, their best ball right now. And they are. That win over Gilmer last week was a – they they tore them apart. Yeah. Gilmer's a great team. Really they, good team. They just decimated Gilmer. The, com- the computer thought they were the second-best team in the state yeah. in 40 They beat them by 30. Yes. This is a huge – and so if, if if you want to plot out – if you couldn't tell, we think that Pleasant Grove's a favorite. Yes. The uh, computer uh, also believes that Pleasant Grove's favorite. a favorite. Um, oh, wait, Pleasant uh, Grove's another Division One recruit on defense, Nick Martin. Yeah. The outside linebacker, which I think he's going to shadow Trey Cross. Yeah. I could definitely see him kind of being the guy to keep an eye on Cross. They've got – the computer has Pleasant Grove by 15. That is the largest spread. Uh, it, there's two other games that we'll get to that are 15-point spreads. The, this is the largest spread in the state. This is, if you want to, if you want to find a path for Greenwood, the path is you got to establish the run, long drives, mm-hmm. keep, keep the ball away, and you probably got to turn them over three times. Yeah. Like you probably got to steal some some possessions here because otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. Yep. This is a really, really. The, uh, this is one of those games where there is a clear favorite. Yes. I think Pleasant Grove is a clear favorite. I think Pleasant Grove, not to spoil the rest of the games that we're going to talk about, and please watch our content next week mm-hmm. for state championship please. coverage. Please do. I think Pleasant Grove is going to be a favorite in the rest of their games. Yes. Okay. Out of the four, they're, they're the heavy favorite. So I think we, we haven't even mentioned the quarterback, Ben Harmon, at Pleasant Grove, mm-hmm. three-year starter. He started as a sophomore in the state title team. And we haven't even mentioned Bruce Garrett. The Division One, he's BYU commit at yeah. running back. I mean, Pleasant Grove is loaded. They're loaded. They are a five A team playing four Division Two is what they are. Yeah, and they're a good five A team playing four Division Two. Their one loss is to Carthage, who is, uh, uh, by the way, still playing in four Division One. And by the way, this is a this is a place. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pleasant Grove played their semifinal here last year. Pleasant Grove's played in the semifinals at the start of the last two years. So they're comfortable and, here. And the last two years, Pleasant Grove has has victimized Region One in a big way. They destroyed Graham. They, they, they just this is a, an undefeated Graham team yeah. two years ago. Good Graham team. Beat them forty nine to seven. And then last year just annihilated Iowa Park. Similar score last year against Iowa Park. So that's it's what's a, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big it's a, hill to climb. It's for a big hill to climb for Greenwood. If they do it though, you're talking about a shocker. Yes. This and will be a and big by the way, big upset. Mention a Greenwood crowded. Greenwood crowd at AT and T would be I'm, nice. Crowd. I'm interested to see what, what kind of crowd they bring uh, Friday yeah. night to, is just to the star because this will be this will be fun. So that is your first night. That, that's the six o'clock hour. Yeah, early kick. We move to the seven o'clock hour. Four A Division One now. Seven o'clock Friday at Midlothian ISD Stadium, as the Pojo Magic, the Springtown Porcupines take on the defending state champion Waco La Vega Pirates, who who the machine got online last week. The didn't machine it? came online. And whoa, that was I watched almost all of that game. I watched sock. I caught so my game Friday night started at seven thirty. So I caught the first thirty minutes of it, and even even through the first thirty minutes, I'm like, whoa! It was a butt kicking, is what it was of a of a of good Argyle. of a really good Argyle. They team. made Argyle look. I, I picked Argyle. I picked Argyle in that game. So did I because I had Argyle winning the state title. I picked Argyle in it, yeah. and I watched that game and. I, I'm serious. Do you have immediate regret? I think we were regret? two drives in, and it was like, no, you have made a terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and even though I picked Argyle, I think my, my analysis, we talked about yeah. it, I think on Argyle was was pretty accurate with the peaking early. Yeah. You could tell. I mean, La Vega is a team, 
peaking at the right time. My God, that defensive line. And they play they, so angry. They Yes, they, that, that is a pissed-off football team yes, in a good is, way. Yes, that is a team that is huh. pissed off constantly. And their coach is kind of <laughs> – I like Don Hyde, but he, – He slid he in my text. He, he's petty. He slid he's in, petty he's, in a great way. He, he he's love it. He slid in my text and told me that that one was for me. Yeah. So, Did he give you uh, a kiss? Blow you a kiss? But then he said, please don't pick us. And I go, buddy, yeah, I got bad sorry. news. Because they're taking on Springtown. Springtown, great win last week. Great win over Dumas. Really impressive win that the offense, I mean, you talk about, that was a defense in Dumas that had been playing really good ball. To hang 56 points on them is mm-hmm. impressive. Cameron Rick had a huge game. Really impressive. Okay, let's talk about two things. Here. Okay, <laughs> what, First of all, you're right. Cameron Rick, it's great. I think that, this, that, that offense is really, really impressive. Yeah. Let's talk about two things. One, let's talk about what Region 2 has recently done to Region 1, which is... Dominate them. Yeah, last year, last year in this in this situation, La Vega dominated Decatur fifty three to nothing. Yes, not, not I'm not picking fifty three to nothing. No, but this is this is one I feel this is this is one of the blowouts. I think this I, is, I think La Vega rolls. I think the way La Vega is playing, and the biggest the biggest thing is that I don't, especially the, what what impressed me. The defense obviously was great. Shutting down Argyle was great. But the offense and the running game is really starting to cook for La Vega. Jarquay Walton, Elijah Cummings, Landry Kinney getting into the mix. They, they, they come at you in waves. They do. And that is something that I don't, so know, I don't know if Springtown's defense can hold up against that. Yeah, they're we, so fast. We've been talking about how this is a really talented Springtown team that is also kind of relying on outscoring people. The problem is La Vega's going to get stops. Because their defense is really good, mm-hmm. the porcupines have to go stop for stop with them, and I'm just not sure they can. Yeah, that's the big question in this one: is can they can they do it? Um, I, I, the big question for me is the offensive line. Yeah, because their offensive line is not as good as Argyle's, and Argyle's offensive line got whipped last week. They got they got, and I'm just afraid that La Vega's defensive line is just gonna just it's gonna be it's gonna feast open season. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to think you're right. Stranger things have happened, and this is a good springtime. And team. if we're wrong, I will text Coach Hewlett and be like, Coach, congrats. Congrats. We'll see Tip you at the hat. We'll see you at AT&T. Yeah. Now we go to 3A Division Two, 7 o'clock Friday at Lions Stadium in Vernon. Let's just run it back for the fourth year in a row. Fourth year, third year in a row in Vernon. Same spot, three years in a row. It is the Canadian Wildcats and the Gunner Tigers – and, um, I remember, I remember this podcast last year. I remember this podcast last year, and the question we had was, can, is Gunter in Canadian's head? That was the question, right? And the answer was emphatically, no. No. It was not. Because they came out there, and the defense shut down Gunner. Yeah, Canadian's defense was the story last year. Now, here's an interesting thing. They, now Bryson Daly will do this to teams. They were pushed defensively last week. Yeah. By Abernathy. And in a game that Canadian took control and then got hairy late. Got real hairy Canadian put the ball on the ground. Yeah. And that's the concern. Mm -hmm. They had four turnovers. They were were minus four in the turnover ratio against Abernathy. Still still won. But they're not going to get away with that very no. long. They, and they will, not, they will not get away with it this Gunter week. Gunter will make them pay. Gunner will absolutely make them pay. And I'll tell you, the Gunner team, one of the things, and I made some comment on, on the instant reaction video, I said that, you know, the thing about Gunner is that they're mucky. 
is that they're a team that takes your game plan and they they make you ball it up and throw it in the yeah. trash and find a different way to beat them. Yeah. They're tough. They're physical. They're nasty, mm-hmm. and they they want to get in. They want to get into a, a basically a street fight with you. And they are they're going to win, right? Because that's the thing. They know they can win that game. Yeah. And this is a team that. Unlike past years, they don't have I, – I would say they don't have superstars, right? They, they don't have that guy, right? Who was the guy for, for Gunner this past uh, – uh, Was it Clopton? No. Well, Braden uh, Clopton was one of them. Um, oh, gosh. He's at Texas State. I know. Um, I there's know. people in Gunner screaming at us right now. Hang on. We're, I'm looking it up. You're looking up live – You're listening to – Yeah. Where's our Texas State? Um, you're listening to live coverage of uh, – I'm finding their preview. Uh, Dylan Jantz. Dylan Jantz. Dylan Jantz. Dylan Jantz is awesome. But Dylan Jensen is a superstar. This is a team that is not it does not have superstars, but they've got Bryson Rigsby, Hudson Graham, Peyton Lowe. They are all grinders in that shotgun pistol. Mike Craven's favorite offense. They're basically the pistol option, pistol wing T almost. Mm-hmm. And they run it really well. Their offensive line is not huge, but they're sound. And they are a team that can really push you. And they're this is but but make no mistake, what Gunner is about is defense. That's what this team hangs its hat on. They are a defense minded team. They are a team that in the opener was a perfect encapsulation. They played Dangerfield. They got down twenty one to nothing and the defense said no more. And that is a team if you were to rank if you were to take all the rosters on Dangerfield and Gunner and you were to rank them all the players in terms of speed, how long would it be until you got to a Gunner kid? Ten. Yeah. Okay. At they least. are significantly outspeeded. But what happens when they face this kind of offense from Canadian, which is really cooking? Yeah. Grant McCook. Grant McCookin. Hey. Oh. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Oh. No, see yourself out right now. I'm done. <laughs> Grant McCook, the quarterback, dual threat. Um, he had three touchdowns rushing last week. Um, Hayes Huffstedler's been great running the football. This is a versatile and dynamic Canadian offense. I think Canadian's the favorite here. Mm-hmm. Provided they're not, they don't turn the ball over, and I think they're going to have to. So last week, Holiday came out. You know, Holiday, Frank Johnson, they're a wing T team. Mm-hmm. They came out in the spread and drove right down the field and scored a touchdown on Gunner because that because Coach Johnson said it. We felt like their weakness was the secondary. The weakness of the defense mm-hmm. is the secondary. Now, granted, Holiday couldn't keep that up against Gunner because they just don't execute the offense well enough. Canadian executes the offense well enough. Absolutely. So, the key going to be here is is I think as long as Canadian does not turn the ball over, I think they win the game. I think they put up enough. They they out they, they have enough weapons to yeah. outscore Gunner. Well, and, and Gunner they is put a Gunner in a in a game they don't want. to That's play. the problem because Gunner is a team that that they they're not a home run hitting offense. They get guys who break big plays, but that is the exception as opposed to the rule. They're really in a lot of ways, you know. You say three yards of cloud dust, but it's like it's about five yards of cloud dust. That's what yeah. they do. Is that they they pro- I bet they lead the state in second and fives. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what they want to do. They have for Canadian. It's going to be up to that front to hold up because otherwise, if Gunner's able to extend these long drives, keep the ball away. Keep the ball away. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Um, I think this game. The computer has this as Canadian by eleven. I don't buy that. I think this is a one-touchdown game. I am picking Canadian. They've been my pick to win the title uh, pretty much from the jump. But this is a super interesting game. And the other thing the other thing that's interesting, sensational coaching matchup. Sensational coaching matchup. And, Ketting and, Jake Fizzell, yeah. and two coaches who now know the other program so well. And I think you'll see a little chippiness in this game. These, these, these two teams, this is the fourth straight year. They know each other now. This is... 
it's it's hard to have a rivalry between Gunner and Canadian because they're so <laughs> far away. But they keep playing in this round. Mm. In last couple of years, you've seen that that chip. I was at the very first Gunner Canadian game in Wichita Falls mm-hmm. when Gunner ended Canadian's long winning streak in route to their t- state championship. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, been a little chippy, you know, a little chippy. So I, I think that's inter- a little interesting sidebar as well because these two teams. I don't I don't think there's they they care for it. I think they're tired of each other. Let's go to the seven thirty or no, we got one more in seven o'clock hour. Seven o'clock Friday night. At the Pafield in Paflugerville, uh, we will already know whether Stratford or Hamlin is playing in the 2A Division mm-hmm. II title game on Thursday morning. Those co- winning coaches will be at this game? I think so. Yeah. Who will they play? 7, th- seven o'clock Friday at the field in Pflugerville. The Mart Panthers and the Balls City Beavers. Hashtag chew them up. And chew them up. And these are, these are two teams that... Okay, so nobody, there's no undefeated team to two a division two. There haven't been for a while. Yeah, there haven't been all, for like <laughs> week two. Yeah, yeah all like beat. week three. Yeah. Everyone was like one and two. Yeah. Um, Hamlin took. Did they? They lost three of their first six or something. They're like three and three at one point. Mart. Yeah. Yeah. Mart. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mart. They are. It's a brutal schedule. It really is. Well, the machine is online. Yeah. That win over Munster, and look, I'm not here to tell you that I thought that was a vintage Munster team. That was not the Munster team that won a title back in 2016, 17? 17. 17? 16. 17. 17. 17, because Mart moved down. That's right. It's not that, but I'll tell you what it is, is that was still a really good Munster team. And Mart, Mart threw them out of the ring. Yeah. Top first quarter was close. Then Mart just said, "Okay, we're done with you." Yeah, because I remember I put it in our Slack. I was like, "Ooh, Mart's only up seven nothing on Munster." Yeah, and like, then I looked up, and they were up like twenty nine to, to yeah. nothing. Yep. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's what's the deal." Roger Freeman's doing that thing again. Yeah, he's playing running back, and he is just they can't. He's I don't know how you stop him. No, I don't know how you stop him. The thing is, the one team last year who who made Mart work was Fall City in this mm-hmm. round. Because Falls City had the literally the, the only game plan that I think you can use to beat Mart at the 2A Division II level. They just said, we're not going to give you the ball. We're going to have the ball for 30 minutes. Yeah, and you better score quickly because if not, we're going to keep the ball another mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And they almost pulled it off. They, I think they had the second half, Mart made some adjustments and got the ball. And then she tied it badly. Bradley broke a long touchdown run that kind of just flipped the game. But F- Falls City has the game plan. And they're not going to be intimidated by Mart. I think a lot of two A Division two teams, when Mart walks out, they're they're done mm-hmm. when the game starts. Mart Fall City won't be like that. So I think it'll be a close game. But Fall, Bremont's fine. Bremont's a good team. But Fall City having the struggle last week they did with Bremont yeah. concerns me. That concerns me a lot, especially yeah. on the defensive side, because you know, look, Fall City's got Brady Lissy, and Brady Lissy is a super duper duper star. He is awesome. Okay. But the defensive side concerns me because this is a Mart team that's starting to mash. It's this mm-hmm. Mart team that's really starting to come online offensively. And if that continues, they're going to need heroics from Brady Lissy. And you don't want to get in a shootout with Mart. I'm just telling you, it's going to end badly. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to end badly. So that is what the, the question I think is going to be. I think you're right. The game plan has got to be the same for Fall City, which is. We're going to have the ball for 32 minutes. We're going to absolutely 
swallow this clock hole. Then they got to find, they got to get Mart to turn the ball over like twice. Yeah, start, find a way to stop Mart. Yeah, find a way to stop yeah. Mart. That's the big question. A lot to ask. It is. But Fall City at least showed last year that, that they can. Are you, can, let me ask you a question. Are you comfortable saying the winner of this game is the favorite in the title game? Mm, I think Mart, if Mart wins, because mm-hmm. Mart has what the others, others don't have. That's just team speed and droves. Yeah. I think. If Fall City upsets Mart, I think you've got a really fascinating title game between Stratford, Hamlow, and versus Fall City. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about styles. Styles yeah. make fights, and I think for whatever reason, Fall City has the ability to give Mart some fits. The computer has Mart by nine, um, and hypothetically, the computer, by the way, has Hamlin by four, and Mart would be, at this point, do some back-of-the-envelope math, Mart would be a... Is that right? Is that right? Hold on. Well, let me do some back of the envelope math and figure out what an early line on that game would be. Um, that'd be a pick'em. The computer would have a Mart Hamlin pick'em. I don't think that's correct, um, but uh, you know we'll see. We'll see. I would. I would. I think. I think Mart's your favorite if they win this game. But even in the even in the off season, when we were talking with both of these coaches, we talk with Britt Hart and you talk with Kevin Hoffman. They've been eyeballing each other from across the room, knowing it's probably coming to this. Yeah, they've known. They've known. So that is seven. That closes out the seven o'clock hour. We're already forty-four minutes in, so that's awesome. Seven thirty, Alamo Stadium. Seven thirty p.m. Friday night, the unbeaten Alvin Shadow Creek Sharks take on the Thunderbirds of San Antonio Wagner. Who heard me? Mm-hmm. They heard. They heard your upset pick loud and clear. They, they heard my upset pick loud and clear and decided to just straight up pull my pants down. Because I mean, 70, they pulled Veterans Memorial's pants down too, seventy-four to fourteen. And look now, correct me if I'm wrong. Corpus Christi vets turned the ball over uh, a couple of times in this game. Got, this game got out they, of hand. They just had no no prayer. Wagner ran for six hundred and ninety-seven yards. It's <laughs> six hundred ninety-seven yards rushing in the game. It's a, they just had no chance stopping yeah, him. They did, and it it was over. I, I don't know what, how much you can take from that game. Because it got so ridiculous, so mm-hmm. I mean, it was thirty-three nothing like that. Yeah, I just don't know what you can take from that from a Wagner. I think what you can take is Wagner's defense. Yes, because that's an encouraging the defense result. Of, the defensive line. So what we said last week was, if your secondary is going to struggle, the best remedy for a struggling secondary is a defensive line that plays out of their minds mm-hmm. and gets to the quarterback. And that's what Wagner did last week. They got to Veterans Memorial quarterback. They they rushed the ball out of his hands and they sacked him. And I think that's that was the key, but. I saw Shadow Creek last week, and that is an impressive, impressive five eighteen. They, they are. We've mentioned on this show before that last year the team in Houston with the buzz with North Shore. That's not to say that people aren't buzzing about North Shore. They're buzzing now. For we'll sure. get to them. But the team, the team that people are talking about down in Houston is Shadow Creek mm-hmm. because they have been. What's interesting is that their offense wasn't bad last year. Their offense was pretty good yeah. last year. And then this year they added Kyron Jones, and that's to say nothing about Jamarian George, who was such a playmaker. For they were them. they were very reliant when, yes. when things went wrong. It was Jamarian Bales out. Correct. This year, th- with the style they play, with Kyron Jones being a, a pure pocket passer, big tall kid, big arm, he can spread the ball around. They still got the running game, but he can spread the ball around all the weapons. Um, I th- and Shadow Creek hit hit a gear last week. Mm-hmm. Mainer for about a quarter and a half was right there. It was fourteen to ten Mainer. Mm-hmm. And instantly 
it was 31 to 14 at halftime. Yeah. Like Shadow Creek got touchdown, pick six, three and out, touchdown, halftime, game over. Ball I mean, game. it was, they just, in the blink of an eye, it they come, fast. Yeah, they, they go on a run, right? It's, it's, it's almost like an NBA game. Like, if you remember when the Warriors were really cooking, they would always say that there is a moment in those games where they just go on like a they go on like a fourteen nothing run and they bury you right. That's what Shadow Creek does is they get hot and then they come at you. Go ask Richmond Foster, okay? They they and it can turn on a dime. Yes, the Wagner last week overmatched Veterans Memorial in the trenches. They will not overmatch Shadow Creek in the trenches. No. That is, let's call it a draw for the sake of argument, right? Maybe slight advantage to Wagner, but it will be a draw. The skill positions, and especially the skill position guys, that belongs to the that belongs to Shadow Creek. Yeah. The guy I have my eye on is Alec Bryant. The defensive end, yeah. Defensive end for, uh, uh, for Shadow Creek. If Wagner can contain him, and keep him from blowing things up, then they're going to have a chance to move the ball, and this is a funky offense. Yeah, they, they, can, they can play keep away. And yeah. I think that's what they have to do. They have to they have to hold on to the football. We talked about fall cities a minute ago. Yeah. They've got to keep the ball away from Shadow Creek's offense. Yeah. I think I mean, they can do that. And, and they last year, if you remember, they played Shadow Creek tight. They did. They kept the ball away from Shadow Creek, and if it wasn't for a blocked field goal that was returned for a touchdown – that turned Wagner is kicking a field goal to I think uh, tie the game up, uh, and Shadow Creek blocked the field goal and returned it for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and that turned the game upside down. So Wagner, I don't think Wagner will be intimidated by Shadow Creek, but I still think they have to execute because I think Shadow Creek's better than they were last. I year. think they are. The other thing is, let's say that the offensive the offensive line for Shadow for Shadow Creek is better than Vets' defensive line, or I'm sorry, for than than Vets' offensive line. I still have those questions about the secondary for Wagner. I know. Like, basically, yeah. the defensive line won that game for them last week. The defensive line is going to have a harder time winning the game, and so it's going to be up to the secondary to make plays. I like Shadow Creek in this one. Shadow Creek's been my pick to win the title for a while now, and, and they look like they are, a team, they are the team to beat. Let's now move on to staying in 730. This one, kind of in the same, we're going from, uh, from San Antonio to Porter. It's the greater Houston area. I'm so excited about this. Oh, yeah. 7.30 p.m. Friday night, Texan Drive Stadium. The unbeaten Carthage Bulldogs taking on the fight in these Whiteheads. They've ta- taken on lane yeah. passes. Badger, and look, badger, badger, badger. And look, I can talk to you about why I think that, man, you know, the, the Carthage offensive line is, is going to be a problem for lane passes' defensive front, and it is. I can talk to you about how I've been really impressed with Kai Horton and how much he's grown into the role of Carthage quarterback, and I have been. He's been I can, great. I can talk about Scott Surratt and what a what a wizard he is for Carthage, and he is. He's got, I think, the same number of state championships as he does. He does play, six state titles and six mm-hmm. playoff losses. Right, right. I don't care about all that. I don't. Not one lick. What I care about is can Ace Whitehead, the quarterback for Lamp Passes, can he do the trick? Can he do it again? Because he's got the, he's got this trick, and this trick is dominating football games. <laughs> it's a cool trick. <laughs> it's a super cool trick. I've seen him do it twice in person, and it's remarkable. Yeah. He's an incredible football player. He and is. He's special. He is a special, special football player, and he's gotten land passes to this part. 
and their offense is just destroying people. It's just crushing fools. They've just got they've got you have Whitehead who is not only fast and elusive, but he throws an, such a catchable and accurate ball. And then you add in Jalen Porter, Michael mm-hmm. Murray at receiver. They've got another guy, I can't think of his name now, but they've got they got sprinter speed at receiver. Mm-hmm. Four by four state champion really a team. They're all playing a receiver. They've got um the two running backs, um, Jack Jerome, Dante Cuffey. They've got they've got a dynamic, balanced, and versatile offense. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is they're facing an animal that they've never seen before. They're facing the animal. Yes. Carthage is a team that can match up with Lampass's skill talent on the outside, but they're also massive in the trenches and they play angry. And they're they're kind of a La Vega clone in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, up front and just the physicality and the speed they play with. And Lampasas hasn't been in the same district with La Vega in a couple of years. They 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 don't quite see that in their Austin district. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a little bit of a shock to them. The, I think Carthage has seen teams like maybe not at, that execute as well as Lampasas, yeah. but I think they've seen teams like Lampasas. Like this is a souped up version of some of the teams they've seen. Yeah, they. Carthage is like an, an alien to them. Yes. I don't think they've, they've seen anything like this. And that's what's going to be interesting because I am just fascinated to see what game plan Scott Surratt comes up with. with. The guy's a He's a wizard. wizard. He, is a, he knows what he's doing, yeah. but th- and this is a unique challenge because yes. it's, it is a guy who not only is supremely talented, but is also playing his best football right now mm-hmm. and is feeling it. This is interesting. What's funny is that, and I can't believe I'm suggesting that somebody get in a shootout with Carthage, but Lampasas has got to, Lampasas is going to need 50 points to win this game. Yeah, that's, that's their kind because of I, game. I also don't think they can, I don't think they can stop them. I don't think that, I do not think, I do not think that Carthage is going to be able to be stopped. I don't think so. Unless they turn the ball, I mean, turnovers are always the big, big key here, but no, Carthage has got plenty of weapons. Lampasas defense. It's it's fine. It's, it's fine. not. Great. It's not. That's not why they win. No. So again, I can talk to you about matchups or whatever. I mean, the last two weeks, Lampasas has get up forty four and thirty four points. This game's just going to be fun as hell. Okay, if it's it's just going to be fun as hell to see what Carthage does with Ace Whitehead. What do you do with a problem like that? The other thing, I'll just throw this out there. I think it's going to be the best atmosphere of the week, of the weekend because Carthage. Anybody both, who's anybody, both fan bases travel well. Anybody who's been to a state championship game with Carthage knows that that is a big, rabid, loud fan base. And do you see those photos from Lampasas? Yeah. They, they traveled well to the Alamo Dome the week before. They, Dude, they, they've got a travel well. following. I yes. am impressed, Lampasas fans. So this will be a lot of fun. Staying in 730, 730 Friday night, kind of in that same area. Legacy Stadium in Katy. Well, Houston, I guess. Uh, just like we all predicted, 4A Division <laughs> Two uh, regional uh, state or state semifinal between the the Silsby Tigers and the um, Silsby and the Wimberley Texans. Wimberley, in in what is probably the least predicted semifinal of the of the week of the year between both teams. Yeah. Between both teams, there are teams that we are like, oh, you're here. This is two teams of. Oh, you're both here. You're both here together. What I'm so impressed by with Silsby is they were getting West Orange starked. Mm-hmm. The whole game is West Orange Stark does this thing where they go up like some weird score where it's like twenty three to nine, 
yeah. <laughs> you know, it's some very, weird. Yeah, it's very Cornell Thompson it's, score. it's it's twenty five to eleven, <laughs> and, yeah. and then they just hold you at arm's length, and they end up winning. They score a late touchdown and miss the extra point, and they win the game thirty one to eleven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some weird game. They're getting West Orange starked. Yeah, it was 28-17, going, which is a surprisingly normal score. Correct. 28-17 going into the fourth quarter. And darn if Silsby doesn't pull it off. 18 and, straight points. And do what basically nobody has done. That, like, the only way you found to beat West Orange Stark, in past, basically under Cornell Thompson, is you got to jump on them, and you just got to hold on. Yeah, hang on for dear life. Hang on. And this was, they don't get come back on. No. They don't. They, that is not a team that happened. And so Silsby has done something impossible. Wimberley goes and completely flips the script on their first on the first meeting with Geronimo Navarro. And they did it because, well, A, they quit turning the ball over. They quit turning the ball over. And they jumped on Navarro. Early. And they jumped on Navarro. It was 21 nothing. Cooper McCollum was out of his mind in yeah. that game. And Navarro's secondary had, had no answers. And we talked about this last week, about how Cooper McCollum is a game-changer for them. I will be entirely honest. I have zero feel for this game. It's a hard game to get a read on. Like, I have no idea. Because I think if you're asking me who... Silsby will be the faster team. Yeah. Silsby the faster team. Better running back. Draylon Taylor, Chris yes. Martin, the running backs they've got. They have the playmakers in the running game. Wembley's got the playmakers in the passing. Those two tall... they got, they got a 6'5 receiver. Yeah. It's a tough matchup. Um, I think this is going to come down to, to uh, a lot of intangibles, a lot of little things here. Mm-hmm. And Silsby last year was close. They got to this point last year, and and they actually held Jordan Winnington kind of in check in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So I think last year's experience may really benefit Silsby in the in this setting. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what kind of where I'm leaning to. I think you're right. But it's close. It's gonna it's gonna be a one score game. I don't know, man. I, I I might take Wimberley in this. The more I think about it, I I think that Cooper McCollum is feeling is feeling really good, and I also think that their defense is playing outside its mind right now. Their defense is the big reason why they're here. They shut down the running game last week. Absolutely, they're gonna need to do it again against another different kind of running different game. kind of running game. But like, I don't know. I think I might be taking Wimberley. I think I might be talking myself into Wimberley. I think I might be. Okay. Stay tuned to the picks. That is at Legacy Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Friday. Let's go to 3A Division One now. Round Rocks Reeves Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Friday night. As one team, we had a pretty, we were feeling pretty good, had a good chance to get here, right? The Grandview Zebras, the defending state champs, Zebras. You know, I didn't pick them, but yeah, the Zebras. Yeah, the uh, Zebras. We, we, even though you didn't pick them, you, you, are, you are not surprised that Grandview is here. No. And they're, they're, Last two weeks, Dominic wins over Yo and Troy. That's pretty impressive. Pretty that is stuff. that is impressive stuff out of there, and they have really dominated them. And now they play. This says Columbus. Yeah, Columbus made the semifinals. The the Cardinals. Yeah, I saw him two weeks ago. Matt Schobel's the coach. You know, this is a great place to eat in Columbus. It's called Schobel's. <laughs> This is this is one of those this is one of those teams that I was like, "Oh, well look at you." Yeah, yeah. Columbus is rolling. And Columbus is the thing the thing that I am impressed like here's why Columbus is a big time danger to Grandview in this game is that there may be no team in the state playing with more confidence right now than, than They're Columbus. rolling. They are 
feeling themselves. Yeah. And man, I tell you what, Tyree Simchick, the running back, that dude, he, he runs angry. He, he is a he's a beast. You know what's funny is that. Every time I watch his highlights, I always think, like, man, he runs kind of high. And then, like, whenever, like, contact comes, he dips that shoulder and just, like— And abuses people. Abuses yes. people. Uh-huh. He runs so tough. Mm-hmm. And the what, I, what I'm worried about, though, for Columbus is that—and we've talked about it. Grandview, of course, has Dane Yench. They've got playmakers. But they're just big— they're just yeah. a big stinking team. They are. And the size is I think Columbus has had at at they've been at least equal size to everyone they've played. They will be the smaller team here, yes. I think. Yeah. And the problem is Columbus can't really out athlete Grandview. No. Like when they played industrial, they 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 at the skill spots, industrial had no answers for their you know, Simchick would run and run and run and they they'd mix in Keon Hurt a little bit and they'd run, run, run. And they pop a big play over the top with the receivers in one-on-one coverage. Grandview's DBs can hang with Columbus's receivers. I think you're right. So I, that, that's the key. I don't think Columbus is going to be able to add an out-athlete Grandview. And you know, Grand, a Grandview team that's been there, been here, done that, They're, this is old hat for them. This is all new for Columbus. I think Grandview close early and Grandview pulls away late. That sounds right to me. Um one of the things I'm interested in from Columbus is I want to see if they are able to get pressure on Yench. If they're able to pressure up front. If they're able to get that defensive line going. and Because the, 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 the issue with playing Grandview is if you blitz, Dane Yench is good enough to step, up, step away, step up in the pocket, and make you pay for blitzing. Yes. They have to get pressure with the front. They have to do that without sending extra bodies. If they're able to do that game on, but I think that Dane Yench, and, and, and I like Grandview in this one, but you, the, the confidence here for Columbus is, is just off the charts. Finally, we're wrapping up Friday. Who will that t- who will they play? Right? No. Three, three, two, I'm sorry, this is 3 d 2 Who will Canadian or Gunner play? Yes. Let's find out. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Waco ISD Stadium, home of the most patriotic pregame show of all time. Oh, gosh. Taking on, as it's East Bernard, again... Chalky, yes, chalky, against Paul Pewitt. Brema on Brema violence. This is Brema on Brema violence. And how about first of all, Tristan Abram's going to get some votes for three A coach of the year around here. He should. He has been what he's done there is impressive. And what I love about this game is these are two teams that have the same identity that just do things in a different way. Both of their identity, at least offensively, is running the ball. Yes. We're going to run it or run it or run one's it. One's in the slot T, one's in the wing T. Yes. This game's going to be over in 35 minutes. It's going to be, yeah. it's gonna be quick. Blink, and don't, blink, you miss it. Be quick. But Paul Pewitt, once again, just keeps on running. They were, and they rallied. They were down, and I thought, I quit paying attention They were down game. 30 to 13 at the half. And you're like, oh, Paul Pewitt runs the slot T. They're down by 17 at the half. Danger zone. Yeah. It's over. I think they were down twelve in in the fourth. They were down forty two thirty one in the fourth quarter, and scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to come back and win the game. Crossholder, uh, their quarterback is is an operator. He's an operator in that. And when he, they needed him to throw the ball last week, he threw it and had three touchdown passes. It was effective. East Bernard is a team we probably haven't talked about enough. 
Very quiet. Very quiet 14-0. They are. And last week was an extremely ho-hum. That was, they put in a shift. 30 to 10. They went there. Yeah. They went there. They clocked in. They beat Canado 30-10, to 10, and they clocked out. Yeah. It was efficient. Now, the question, my question is, they are a team that is running the ball extremely well, but their defense is the key. And the defense has always been the key for East Bernard. It's what separated, even when they had Ty Slanina, right? It was still that their defense was rock solid. Yes. That's going to be the question for Paul Pewitt. Because Paul Pewitt, the teams that they've beaten are not great defensive teams. Dangerfield was not a team that was known for its defense. Mm, Bells. Bells, not a team known for its mm. defense. This is the best defense they've seen. Absolutely. So what happens then? Um, and East Bernard, even though this, they, they know how to defend slot T offenses. Yes. This is not going to be anything new for them. Right. Uh, East Bernard offensively, you know, we thought they might struggle a little bit when Kobe Brown was, uh, you know, has been suspended, you know, with his off the field issues. But there are two other running backs they've had. They're just plodding right along. Yeah. It's very business as usual. It has been. Um, I like East Bernard in this one. I think that they're they're the favorite simply because I, I go with the experience. The, this the, late, yeah. This is this the, they the pushed mo- Newton last. The year. moment is not going to be too big. Yeah, they gave they, Newton had a score in the final minute, mm-hmm. and. I think East Bernard is the favorite here. I think it's their that, time. I think that their defense. I think it is. I think it's their time. And by the way, I don't care if it's Canadian or Gunner. Either one of those teams against East Bernard. That'd be fun. Tasty. Yeah. Very tasty. That closes out Friday. At that point, we will have punched one, two, three, four, plus nine, thirteen tickets to AT and T Stadium. Seven to go. There are seven tickets left unattended. We're an hour and five minutes in. Don't say we don't love you. Mm-hmm. One o'clock Saturday. At Panther Stadium in Sheldon. Sheldon ISD's Panther Stadium. Located off Beltway 8 in east on the east side. Hmm. 1 o'clock Saturday. Denton Guyer's got to get on the road, baby. Yep, lost the flip. They got to go all the way to Houston to take on, uh, I will say, one of the most underrated teams in the state. In Spring Westfield. Yeah. Their one loss is by three to North Shore. They are a team. I think Westfield has s- flown under the radar, I think, for two reasons. Three reasons. One, they're not undefeated. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, in 6A, once you take a loss, people kind of go, oh, okay, whatever. There's undefeated. There are new toys. They're shinier toys, right? 6A. Two, Absolutely. they are not a team that has superstars in the traditional sense. Not you. Their superstars are on, like, the defensive line and in the front seven and yes. stuff like that. They don't have, like, uh, a receiver who's got 30,000 yards receiving. They don't have a quarterback who's just lighting it up offensively. And thirdly is that it felt like fait accompli that they are going to lose to Longview. It felt like, yeah. you know what, Longview's, they're going to have to run into Longview at some point. Well, now they're out of the region. And now they get Denton Geyer. Spring Westfield, I, am, I, I think, is super underrated. And one of the, th- I think that this is a team that they because they run the ball well, and they they get what they need from their quarterback. Yeah, not a ton. They're not, they're not sexy. No, they're not sexy. Mm-mm. But they play great defense. That front seven is really good. Going up against Denton Geyer, which again has star power. Yes, Eli Stowers, yeah. their quarterbacks. I, I actually is it Stowers. Found this out. It's Stowers. Okay, I am yeah. officially going to confirm. I confirmed with his dad, but. Eli Stowers cannot do it alone, and he's not asked to do it alone. They got Kadrick Cobbs, who's a 
unbelievable offensive line. All, unbelievable offensive line. They've got receivers. Mm-hmm. When they need to throw the ball, Seth Metter yes. and those receivers, they make plays. They're a complete team. Yes. They're a complete team. For Westfield, I think being at home is huge. Or being quote-unquote at home. Yeah. Not having to get on the bus and go for five hours is, is, is huge. Geyer... Let me look up where Geyer... Has Geyer traveled at all this year? No. I mean, they can't... They played have, Tascosa right? in Frisco. Yeah. They can't no. have pl- traveled that far. I can't... Didn't Geyer is probably the furthest they've ever traveled, like, in school history? Oh, yeah. Probably, like, Wichita Falls? Yeah. I mean, that's got to be, right? They don't... They don't... This is this is a totally new thing for them. Geyer... Do, 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 do. They played Adelito at the Cotton Bowl, district play... Played in Prosper, Arlington, Frisco, Frisco, and now Houston. Yeah, I mean this is a long road trip, and one o'clock kick. Yeah, so they're probably gonna, they're probably going to go down Friday night and probably stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. A lot of things working against them in that game. In yeah. this game, that said, I think they're the better team. I think the, the key for me is the guy or offensive line. Yes, I think that unit, that battle against the Westfield defensive line is going to tell the tale of this game. Mm-hmm. And one thing that does travel is a good offensive line and a good running game. Those are two things Geyer has. I think so. so I think that's the key in this game. Uh, they are very team that the offense is really humming right now. I think this is. I think this is a close game. I think this is a close game that could come down to the fourth quarter. But I like Geyer in this one. Very interested to see how this one shakes out. Uh, we will have uh, a that we will punch our first six eight ticket to AT and T Stadium in the six eight division two. First one, yeah. There you go. Now we move to two o'clock. We'll punch. We'll punch a five A division one ticket at Allen's Eagle Stadium 2 o'clock Saturday as the unbeaten Frisco Lone Star Rangers take on the unbeaten Denton Ryan Raiders. Tasty, tasty matchup. So much to talk about here. The thing I keep coming back to is so, uh, so how good's Ryan? We're going to find out on Saturday. Because for all we talk about, like, and, and look, they're 14-0, and and they don't need to apologize for being 14-0. and That's They have played the teams on their schedule, and they have throttled yeah, them. beaten them thoroughly. They have 21 points, closest game all year. Yes, they have absolutely dominated everyone that they've seen. Now, let me just pull up their record, or their schedule here. Uh, Denton Ryan. I mean, what... What's they have one? They have their best wins are against Colleyville Heritage. According to the computer, their two wins over Colleyville Heritage are their only two wins against top twenty teams. Alito, they're D two, but Denton Ryan. Oh gosh, no, you're thinking Denton Guy, buddy. It's okay. We went Denton to Denton. Um, They have not played, and and then they have like the numbers are impressive, right? They're beating teams by an average of forty two points, but. They're beating teams like R.L. Turner, like beating bad teams. They're, they're, it's not their fault. No, but here's here's the thing that concerns me about Ryan is they play a lot of their guys both ways. Their mm-hmm. their studs go both ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, they haven't had to play a four quarter game. No, in a long time. How do they react in a four quarter game against a team like Lone Star? That is battle tested. Yes, that's had to play four quarters the last couple of weeks against Lancaster and Highland Park. Well, what happens in the fourth quarter? Do, do Ryan's guys tap out and need a break, and then a big play happens? We know exactly how good Lone Star is. Like, I am fairly confident I oh, know yeah. exactly what Lone Star is. Lone Star is an elite team. Absolutely. I am pretty sure Ryan's an elite team. Now, it's that, at that point, it's an elite team versus an elite team. It'd be a great game. Mm-hmm. If they go out there, like, 
The other thing is, this is, and it's not fair, but like basically, this is where we start measuring Ryan's season. If they win this game, if they win this game, it's a success. If they lose this game, it is not. And it's even magnified this year because they don't have the Highland Park boogeyman. They don't. You know, for whatever reason, let's let's be Highland Park has been living rent free in Denton Ryan's head. Absolutely, and they don't have to deal with Highland Park right now. There's no excuse. So now it's like it's now or never. It really is. This pressure. It is. It's it's a high pressure game. The other thing, like, and the the question for all of this is going to be, what does? uh, I think there's two things that that go into this. Two keys to this one. Obviously, what does Ryan do with? Marvin Mims. Yeah, good luck. Okay. He's already the state's single-season receiving uh, yardage record holder. He is a superstar, and he is a guy who can single-handedly take over a game. But they've also got other guys that can beat you. That's that's what makes Lone Star so dangerous is it's not just Mims. If it was just Mims, you could just key on him and win. Mm-hmm. But their other receivers step up. Garrett Rangel has been, a, been solid, 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 and their running game with Jake Bogdan has been good. That's one. Flip it to the other side. Can Lone Star slow down Ryan's running game? Okay. Amani Bailey went nuts last week. Um, it was sensational. That is the big question. Can they slow down Ryan's running game? Because if Ryan starts running the ball, Ryan is not a team that wants to throw the ball 40 times. No. They want to throw the they ball about. Bounced. They want to be balanced. They want to be balanced. 50-50. Yes. Can they slow down that running game? Because if they slow down the running game and get Ryan off schedule – then Lone Star is in business. Now you're in obvious passing situations, mm-hmm. and that's where Ryan has not lived all year. Right. Because they've been so dominant, they've been, you know, when they when they are in second down, it's second and two. It's second and three. The, and, the, and you mentioned it off the top. The other thing about this game, if this game is late and close, one of these teams has been in a lot of late and close games. Mm-hmm. And the other one has not all year. Yeah. I know we're on opposite sides of this. I, went, I think... I think it's Ryan's time. I'm going with Ryan, but I'm not. I don't feel great about it. No. I mean, I'm I'm real iffy on it, but I'm going with Ryan. Uh, I think it's it's their time, and I love Jeff Rayburn. Jeff Rayburn's been like, you picked against us, like against Highland Park. I know. I'm. Go- I think it's Ryan's time. I've been oh, riding. Ryan. I've been riding or dying with the Rangers all year. I'm going to ride or die one more time. Um, I'll have to say championship game if they see Shadow Creek. Mm. Anyway, it's a great game. Excited about that. 2.30 2 p.m. Friday or Saturday afternoon at Allen's Eagle Stadium. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Next up, 2.30 p.m. at McKinney ISD Stadium. Going on at the same time. Right same time. Road. Another huge game. Who will play in the 4 o'clock game, the showcase game on Saturday? Will it be the undefeated Duncanville Panthers, or will it be the upstart Rockwall Yellow Jackets? Now, Duncanville has started to rev up. Yeah, they're coming online. The machine's coming online. Offensively, at least. Because last week against South Lake Carroll, that was impressive. The offense really got going. Mm-hmm. It is Jaquin and Jackson and Tristan Smith. They're two guys. They, and a good offensive line. And a and great yeah. offensive line. And they are a team that, they they're, look, they're just going to run the ball. Jaquin and Jackson is basically throwing at about the same clip as he was last year. I was looking this up. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they want to do. They want to they want to run the ball with he, those two guys. And it's smart. He is he's unbelievable. Yes. With the ball in his hands. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you want him to run the ball? And the offense got 
cruising last week. It was very impressive. That game got hairy because South Lake's offense. Because South Lake, South Lake's offense moved the ball on them, but they came away with a win. Do you feel like that? Looking ahead to next year, do you feel like like a, like a torch may have been passed a little bit? Like Duncanville. Oh, Duncanville's like, all right, we got you. You know, we blew you out last year. This year is a lot closer. It's our time right now. Next, but next, next year, year next could year be, could be the year because yeah. especially Carroll's got all those dudes back. Well, here's Rockwall, and look, you know what Rockwall's going to do. They do that thing with that guy. They do the <laughs> thing where they call the Jackson Smith Jigba play, and he and Brainlock throws it to him, and he scores. Yes, there's it's a super good play. Man, Rodney Webb, I don't, I, I guess he's you know he's pretty smart. I mean, he's look, you know, man, smart stuff. I got this guy who's going to Ohio State. I'm going to get the ball in his hands a lot. A lot of this, in my opinion, comes down to how healthy is this Duncanville secondary? Because the Chris Thompson didn't play last. Chris Thompson, the Auburn commit didn't play. Didn't play. They've been nicked up. How healthy are they? Now, let's also be honest. I do not think Rockwall is going to stop Duncanville one time. <laughs> like, unless Duncanville throws an interception or Duncanville, like, fumbles the ball... This is going to be like basically if this is going to be if this is going to if if you are Rockwall and you want to win this game, you have to follow the exact same game plan that you followed in round two against Allen. Yeah, you got to go out there and you got to outgun them. Go guns a blazing, and you got to do you got. Let's get wild. Just get just unload. Yeah, and look, let's see what Duncanville does under pressure. You know what I mean? They got a little bit of pressure last week. Put him under Hand, pressure. Handle it well. Handle it well. But I just I don't I don't see Duncanville getting stopped. So here's what I said in, in on Texas football today. Here's where I think the difference is. I don't think Rockwall's offensive line can block Duncanville's defensive line. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Rockwall Allen game two two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. Allen in the first quarter sat back, and Jackson Smith went off. Mm-hmm. S- second quarter on. Allen dialed up the pressure, and they got after Braden Locke a lot. They still moved the ball, but they weren't able to get the deep ball. It was a lot of dink and dunks, hmm. and then Rockwall's athletes made sp- made plays in space. I think Duncanville has a better defensive line than Allen has, so they're going to get after Locke a little bit more, and they're be- they're faster and better in the secondary. Agreed. So now I think that puts Rockwall in a little bit of a bind because now they're turning up the pressure on Al- on 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 Duncanville's pr- turning the pressure up on Rockwall's offense, forcing Lot to get rid of the ball early and probably before he wants to. Mm-hmm. And then I think Duncanville's a little bit better tacklers in the secondary and a little faster. They'll be able to keep up a little bit better. So I think Jackson gets his yards and will have a good game. But I I think I see like a 49 to 28. Yeah. 56 to 28 kind of mm-hmm. I, I I see that kind of game. Yeah, I just don't yeah, I think that's that's an interesting point and I just I think what you're going to see is a defense that can finally match up. Nobody can match up with Rockwall, no. but match up better with Rockwall than, than anybody has I mean, this year. Klein Oak. Klein Oak's very similar defense. Mm-hmm. They held Rockwall to 37. Yeah. I think Rockwall scores 37 against Dunkerville. They lose by double digits. That's probably true. I think Rockwall's going to have to score 50 to even. They're gonna, yeah, to be in the, to be in the room. So... Um, that's going down McKinney ISD Stadium. 2.30 p.m., staying at 2.30 p.m. Down in Waco's McLean Stadium. 
a spot in the 2A Division II sta- or 6A Division II. It would be weird if Westlake played 2A Division II. That'd be boy. 6A Todd Dodge would be like, what is this? I would take I would take Westlake in that game. Yeah, I would too. 6A Division II. The Westlake Chaparrales knew they were going to be here. Had a pretty good feeling. <laughs> I I had thought maybe Brandeis was going to be there. Brandeis scared me in the second round basically and I was like, "Uh-oh." Yeah. Bella, yeah. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I got scared. Um Westlake's there doing their thing. Taking on your Region 3 champion, <laughs> not in five. Your state semifinalist, the Mighty Mustangs of Katie Taylor. And okay. Yeah. Like once we knew once Westbrook went out, let's get weird. And in Region 3. And here's the product. It got weird. You got Katie Taylor, who has gotten just white hot at the right time. <laughs> they saved their best game for the best time because they played their best game of the year last week and demolished Cy Creek. A good Cy Creek yeah. team. Like, I know that we, like, I know there's this notion that everyone craps on Region 3 and Division 2, but, like, that's a good Cy Creek team. That was the team I picked to win the region yeah. once, uh, once Westbrook went down. Right. So they jumped out to a 24 nothing lead in the first quarter, and it was because of a couple of like, two pick sixes in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just turned the game completely around. Yeah. And they figured out what to do with their running game, and I think they're, they're a lot better, a lot more dynamic offense than they, than they were earlier in the year. Yeah. And if you look at their five losses, I mean, they're not – the one loss you can kind of go, eh, mm-hmm. Maid Creek maybe. I mean, they lost to Katie. They lost to uh, Tompkins. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a team that's in the business of just losing, you know – Bad game, right? They've lost to yeah. They've been they've been really good, and and the May Creek is the one loss where I'm like, might you might can say, eh, that's kind of a bad loss. Dickinson and Atascosa, yeah. So, like I said, Maid Creek they lost to Maid Creek fourteen to ten. That's their one kind of shaky loss. Now, here is the thing, and this is a, a Katie Taylor team that they've got pretty good balance to their offense. Uh, their running game, uh, Casey Shorter has been great, and Jay Jensen. Jay Jensen the third, yes, has been really solid at the quarterback. JJ three, JJ three, been great, been great. Um, here's Westlake, and Westlake, their defense has been spectacular, pretty much all year long. It's been they were state. they dismantled San Antonio Brandeis last week and made Jordan Battles look extremely ordinary. Yep. last week, and beyond that, once. They committed to a quarterback. Once they committed to Kirkland Michaud, Michaud, it's Michaud. Yes, Michaud. Kirkland Michaud. Michaud. I don't know. I've heard Michaud and Michaud. Kirkland Michaud is the official pronunciation of Dave Campbell's right. I don't know. Until Mr. and Mrs. Michaud, if you're listening, let us know. Or Michaud. They or Craig Way, have been humming. And he, I think just having stability at, the offensive sp- at, the, at that yeah. spot has helped. He was great last week against Brandeis. And... If you're Katie Taylor, like, look, here's the good thing if you're Katie Taylor. House money, man. This is all house money. Oh, yeah. You're big underdogs in this game. The computer has you as 15-point underdogs. Let's get wild. Let's, get Let's weird. just get weird. Yeah. And, and, and so throw everything out there. What do you got to lose? You're not supposed, nobody yeah. thought you were going to be here. Empty the playbook. Might as well. Um, so that is, to me, look. Th- th- this is one of those I think we feel like Westlake's pretty I'm strong. just not sure Taylor is going to be playing, going to find any sort of foothold against this Westlake defense. 
And I think Kirkland Michaud is going to be able to operate. And, per- and the per- I don't think Tigers got the personnel. I just don't think they do. Yeah. And so I think that you know I think West I think Westlake's your pick here. The computer has it. Is that right? The computer has them by oh no Westlake by twenty two. Yes, yeah, so that's that's your that's, that's your, your big, big that's your big spread. That's your big spread. Now we've got what three more games to go? Four more games to go? Three more games to go. We go to three o'clock to Anthony Field the in big country, beautiful Abilene, Texas. Where I'll be. Where the champions of Region 2, Yolito Bearcats, mm-hmm. duh, take on the champions of Region 1, Lubbock Cooper, the Pirates. That's what we thought. Again, both pretty chalky. Yep. Um, both pretty chalky. And if you want to say, oh, well, hey, 5A Division 2 has, for the most part, what's that other semifinal? Fort Bend Marshall and Bernie Champion. Other than, yeah, we'll get to them. We'll get to you. If you want to say that three of the four regions have been chalky, and you want to say this is the chalk bracket, then Alito wins. And Alito doesn't just win. Alito rolls. Now, last week, Alito got... They were... They were... They were on the brink. They were, they were on the brink. Yes. And Sam Harrell, I love you. I got, I got to go for two. You won state titles, I know, but ah! I'm sitting. So the, we're sitting in the press box at Sulphur Springs, and I'm watching my overtime game, Gladewater and Pottsboro, and turning around and looking at Alito and Ennis as it's going on at the end of the game. And as soon as Ennis scored, I said, Sam's got to go for two. Got to go for two. You are the underdog, and really, Alito had controlled the game. Mm-hmm. The only reason Ennis was kind of in it was the three turnovers. Was, you, you've been outplayed, you're the underdog. Go for two. You yeah. got a lot better chance of getting the three yards and winning the game than you do going toe to toe with Alito in overtime. And it didn't work out, and Alito won, and they survived in advance. Uh, but I thought Ennis should have gone for two. But I'll tell you what, Ennis is young. Yeah, they'll be They're back here. They're here. They'll be back. So Alito escapes Ennis. They get a big game from Jace McClellan. They get a big game from Jake Bishop. Man, Jace McClellan, he is not right. No, he's he hurt. Is, he's gutting it out. He I'm is surprised he's still playing. He is. He's banged up. Uh, but he's still playing, and it was a huge game from Jake Bishop, especially with his legs. Yeah, he, touchdown run in the overtime. He saved them with his legs a number of times. Okay. Going up against Lubbock Cooper, and Lubbock Cooper, for about a half, it looked like the same yeah. thing the last year. It looked like it looked like Bendelmania was running wild. Yes, yeah. That, but, that hair. Oh, my God. Mark Bendel's hair. He, the, the, the vanilla ice side-by-side shot is a, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. They end up... But Lubbock Cooper hits hits the Jets and twenty eight nothing second half and the defense stepped up and figured it out and then their offense took over and ne- Nehemiah Martinez and Isaiah Johnson were spectacular in this UNT game. UNT commit Goldman Green. They were and they got the running game going. Look, there's two things here. One, the key to beating Alito is not having better athletes than Alito. The key to beating Alito is not getting murdered in the trenches. Yes. Okay. Ennis. Ennis didn't get murdered. Didn't get in murdered. The but then, uh, in the end, they just they couldn't they couldn't come up with the plays defensively. Right. That's that's it. I don't know if Lubbock Cooper can match up defen- uh, in the trenches. That's yeah, big that's problem. That's the key. That's yeah. a big problem. This game, if if Lubbock Cooper's Lubbock Cooper's defense is going to have to win them this game. Yeah. They're going to have to keep this score in the 20s and hope that their offense can hold the ball. They're going to have to come up with some turnovers. It's a lot to ask. And, and Alito has dominated yes. 
Region One, specifically that's West, where I'm going. Specifically to. West Texas. That's where you I'm get going west to. of the Metroplex, and Alito has made that their personal. They've personally victimized anybody west of, of Metroplex. That's the biggest thing for me. Is you are talking about a team that you're talking about Region One, and the bottom line of it is that I don't think Region Two outside of Alito is all that is this is a bunch of world beaters, but Region One. Ain't a whole lot better. No, and and, thinking, and I don't I don't know if we really know how good Lubbock Cooper is because Region One was so objectively exactly. bad. Like they basically like their last two weeks they beat their district yeah. teams. That's how bad the rest. Of the, that's how bad the rest of the, the region was. Right. We don't really know how good right. Cooper is because Region One was just was just actually bad. If you want to dream on Lubbock Cooper, you say we're going to grind it on the ground. We're going to run for three hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line is actually is actually a decent matchup against. Hope Alito's it's super front. windy in exactly. West Texas. They and, can't and, throw. Yeah, for two quarters. And hope and maybe Jason McClellan's not right, and you're able to force yeah. a couple turnovers. Blah blah blah. But in the end, Alito's a pretty considerable favorite in my mind. And what's a computer have? I bet it's Alito by like 13, 12 or thirteen. The computer believes that Alito is a fourteen point favorite. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay. Two more to go. Let's go to the other 5A Division two state semifinal. Kyle Field in College Station. Hullabaloo, connect, connect. A state semifinal game being played on grass. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fort I think ben, Bernie Champion shows that, I'm sure. Fort Ben Marshall, the state finalist from a year ago, taking on your Region 4 champion, Bernie Champion. Yeah. And... You were at this game. Seen the last two weeks. Against Cal Allen. <coughs> and I'll tell you what, they, like, They're, Cal Allen, B- Bernie Champion, and Mission, we could we we conceivably could have had a Valley team in the semifinals. Bur- yes! Mission Pioneer pushed Champion the week before in, 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 in the overtime. This offense for Champion can go. Luke Boyers, the TCU baseball commit, is really savvy at quarterback. They've got uh, Davis Pike at receiver. Uh, they've got another good receiver, Tamari Jenkins at running. They got playmakers on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. They 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 can get tempo and they can get get rolling. They have got dudes, man. Yep. Here's the problem: they ain't got dudes like Fort Ben Marshall. They're guy. running into the team of dudes. Yes, the and team entirely comprised of dudes. And I think Fort Ben Marshall is starting to peak at the right time because they pounded Manville last week. Oh my week. gosh! Yeah. I tell you what, I, I don't feel quite as bad about my A and M consolidated pick to win the region because they lost by five. I mean, that was yeah. Marshall got pushed more by Consol than they had by anybody else in the region. I had Manville, I had Manville winning it, and I, I mean, that was a thumping, and that game was over before it started. That game was twenty-one nothing the first quarter, and the the trend continues that the encouraging trend is Marshall's defense is playing its best football. Their lights out right now. They are really good. And so, and look, you've seen Champion the last two weeks. Give me an adjective to describe Bernie Champion's defense. Meh. That's fair. Is that a good adjective? That's an adjective. Meh. It's it's, it's fine. It's it's fine. Um, They they bowed up a couple times against Cal Allen. This is a supremely different team than Cal Allen is. And... The team they they, they never champion in Region Four in San Antonio area. They don't see teams with the kind of firepower that Marshall. That's has. the thing, and I'm so glad you brought this up. That sometimes regions take on their own. They have their their identities. Region Four is a bunch of uh, physical plotting, not plotting, but like methodical teams. That, I right? mean, I'll say it. They're slow. 
the the I mean, yeah, I've saw I've compared seen, to Fort Ben Marshall, com- compared to Region Three, yeah. and what the kind of the team speeds they're not fast. No, they don't have they're not explosive. No, at, you know, and and that's why if you're a team like Bernie Champion, where you are an explosive team, you are the you're zigging while everyone else is zagging. Yeah, right. Well, now you're running headlong into a team that is that all they do is probably zig. the first <laughs> time they've played this year. They're a team that's faster than yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. When you're when you're zigging and they're zagging, Fort Ben Marshall, you know they they do it better. The only thing I'll say is remember last year. Admittedly, it's so different because it's not Cal Allen, but Marshall it kind of got to this point and it started. There were moments even in this game where they wavered. Yes, and I think part of that Cal Allen style of play mm-hmm. complete diff, complete turner. Cal Allen's a wing tee. They line up, run the ball, run the. Champion's a true spread team. That plays right into Marshall's right. hands, I think. Then you factor in Marshall, what they were dealing with off the mm-hmm. field, and that emotional thing with, with you know with their teammate um, being shot and killed, the emotion and trying to play through that. Um, this, this is a normal, quote-unquote, normal state semifinal. I mean, state semifinals are abnormal as Correct. it is. Yeah. This is a more normal type of setting for them. Um, I, think I, it's think, a, I think it's a bad matchup for Champion. Barring like some kind of crazy rainstorm yeah. on the grass field at Kyle Field, I just think Marshall's going to run right past Champion. That speed is just so I, such a stark. Devonta difference. Chan and Devonta Chan's on another level right now. He yeah. is playing out of his mind, and I don't know what Bernie Champion's going to do with him. Yeah, I don't know what you. That's, I don't know what you. You can don't have do. those kind of playmakers on defense. There's nothing really you can do. The computer likes Fort Ben Marshall by thirteen. Yeah. Um, I tend to agree with them. At that point, we'll have punched twenty-three tickets to AT and T Stadium. One left to go. At Reeves Stadium in Round Rock, 4 p.m. Saturday, the final game of the state semifinals, the final game not played at AT&T Stadium mm-hmm. this season until August. Makes me sad. 6A Division One state semifinal between the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs and the Lake Travis Cavaliers. A rematch. A rematch. Let's take a moment to gawk at what North Shore did offensively last week. Let's just hear and here we're going to take about 60 seconds to gawk because they rang up 804 yards that's stupid. including that's dumb 496 I think on the ground. Yeah, Demetrius Davis and Zach Evans both had 200 plus it was it's astonishing. There's just there's a lot here. Okay, they tied the state record for most points in a state semifinal, mm-hmm. seventy six. Mm-hmm. They could have scored more. They took their foot off the gas yeah. about halfway through the fourth quarter. Let me ask you, and I haven't asked you this. Let me ask you: Are we concerned about giving up forty two points? Slightly. The, the, their secondary is not as good as it was last year. Yeah. Their defense isn't as good as it was last year. North Shore's defense last year was suffocating. Yeah, they're good in their front seven, but they're. They're probably average in the secondary. They're not yeah. great. Yeah. So there's points and yards to be had, which last year there just wasn't. Especially for Lake Travis, who came on. They were riding the struggle bus against Converse Judson. Yeah, first quarter and a half. And then, you know, the game flipped in that game. Judson, it was 14-3 to Judson, and they got an interception. And we're thinking, oh, boy. And they got to the 34. And they elected to punt on their on the Lake Travis 34. Now, granted, it was fourth and fifteen. Or they, punted. They punted on fourth and fifteen. Like Travis got the ball, got a first down. They hit a big play for a seventy-yard touchdown, and the game flipped. Yeah, and it was over. And 
But this Lake Travis offense, they got Hudson Card back. And after that card, card settled, settled down. And he, he didn't look 100%, but the arm looked good. Yeah. The timing was there. Uh, Kyle Eves is an excellent. And Weston Marshall had a monster game at running back. He's mm-hmm. a great receiver out of the backfield. They found something in that running game. Yeah. This is not a real explosive Lake Travis offense. They're, you know, they don't have a guy like Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. But they're still very, very efficient and very solid. They don't have a home run hitter. So here's a couple of things. One, I'm just not sure how Lake Travis slows them down, though. Okay? Yeah. Lake North Shore in the playoffs. And and credit to John Kay, who Jay Plotkin, are, uh, one of our contributors and a guy who worked, writes for the Lake Travis View down in Austin, was crunching numbers on this. He has done, what's the word in the NBA? Load management? Yes. The load management that he has done with both Demetrius Davis and Zachary Evans is really like next level stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have, and now the playoffs have come around. And even the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, they didn't really. They need, were yeah. pretty vanilla. They they would go up by thirty five nothing, and then they take everybody out. Right? They would take everybody out, get real vanilla. Zach Evans had between weeks two and week thirteen had no more than six carries in a game. The last two weeks, they have taken the reins off of these wild horses, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they have run wild. Yeah, they ran wild on a really good KD defense. And then they ran for 804 yeah, yards. 56 on Katie. Okay? Yeah. And it's not just Evans. Like, it's not just Evans. They are letting Demetrius Davis run. And when he runs, he's picking up 15 yards yeah. a carry. It he, is he astonishing. He doesn't have Shadrach Banks right now, but he's got plenty. Those, those little playmakers have been playing all year and gotten a lot of reps, and they're solid. They're, they're so fast. They've, they've got sprinters. Yes. They're just not the big physical receivers. And their offensive line is still as good as it mm-hmm. was last year. Maybe better. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line is still great. I think you're right. The defense is not quite where it was. I think Corey Flagg is the guy who he's the straw that stirs the drink, and he's still solid in the yeah. middle. Middle linebacker, yeah. They're good up front. The secondary is little. They got one good corner, I think Denver. Harris. Yeah, he's got, he's got some offers, but the rest of the secondary still kind of trying to find themselves. So my question is going to be, like, again, if you're like Travis, like, I just don't know how you slow them down because you think back to last year. Last year, they were just overmatched up front offensively, like defensively. Lake Travis defensive front against Westlake offensive front. Or I'm sorry, North Shore offensive front. Yeah. That hasn't changed. If anything, it stayed exactly the same or maybe swung more in favor for North Shore. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's the problem. Now, I could see Lake Travis putting up 35 points, but I can also see him giving up 60 because I'm just not sure how they're going to be able to slow down this running game. It's kind of funny. Both 6A Division One semifinals kind of have that same feel. They do. They both feel like these could be very pointsy. Um, I like North Shore. I think we're getting a rematch. I think we're uh, – we, oh Boy, the cover of the magazine. Yeah. You guys thought I was dumb. Yeah. Um, I think we're getting our rematch. I just don't know – again, I just don't know how they slow them down. And I think that that offense is humming so much that I'm just not really sure how it happens. So, there you go. That's all 20 games. We did it. We did it. Hang the Mission Accomplished banner. It's one hour and 38 minutes in. My God. Um, uh, Where where are you going this week? Uh, So we're all going to Brownwood Thursday. Darn right we are. Me, you. We're loaded up Swag Wagon. Going to Underwoods? We're going to pregame at Underwoods. I've never been. It's it's not my favorite, but if you go to Brownwood, it's where you got to go. Yeah. So it's fine. It's good. You'll enjoy it. I will. It's, It's quintessential Brownwood. Okay. Friday, I'm going to the Star. 
Midland Greenwood and Pleasant Grove. Josh Gibson's super excited to see me. Mm-hmm. Always excited to see my buddy Josh Gibson. And I, I want to get eyes on Pleasant Grove before the yeah. state championships. I think they're they're that good. I think. That, by the way, I think they're going to beat Greenwood. Yeah. I think I said that. Yeah. But I'll say it. And then Saturday, close it all out with uh, a trip to Abilene for Lubbock Cooper and Alito. Uh, first time seeing Alito this year? First time seeing both. I've never yeah. seen Lubbock Cooper ever. So first time to see them. Chip person. Darden's done a great job. He has. He, he really has. has. And we probably have not shouted him out enough, but he has done an excellent, first excellent year, job. Yep. So uh, that's my Saturday game. And then uh, like I said it's a big weekend for us working. Buddy. So I guess. so. so tease that a little bit? Yeah. So, so of course we will have like insane coverage of the state championship games. Our goal is our internal deadline is we want to have the state championship preview up Sunday around noon. That's our goal. Make it pushed. We'll see. But that's the goal. A lot of elements to go into this. Okay. Yes. We're going to have so much nonsense. And then next week we will have for the state championship games, we will have day uh, daily podcast previews. Yes. We're probably just going to dump them all out to you on Tuesday. Just say, here's your Wednesday preview, your Thursday preview, your Friday preview, and your Saturday preview. Uh, listen to them whenever you want. But we will go through those. We'll have uh, four Teppin steps for you. Uh, Texas Football Today, we'll have a show Monday, and then we're done for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to Bob's on Tuesday. We're going to Bob's on Tuesday. Oh, by the way, the whole cruise con. Did you hear this? What's that? Sales and... Really? They talked their way into it. Hmm. But I'm not paying anymore, so... No, is Adam going? Mm-hmm. Wow. How about that? Boy, we're gonna need a big. Do we have a reservation already? Yeah, we do. Okay. This is table talk. Um, and then, so yeah, we'll have complete coverage at TexasFootball.com/slash/state of the state championship games. We will have it. We will be your source. You know how we cover the state championship games. And by the way, since you're a subscriber, because you're listening to this, be on the lookout. Uh, Tuesday morning, you're gonna get an email about our meetup, our meet and greet. We're getting together at Texas Live on Saturday morning of state championship games, twenty first. Um, from 9 a.m. until about 10.30. We'll have to jet about 10, the, uh, me and Step and yeah. the, the Dave Campbell's crew. We gotta, yeah, the editorial crew's got to we got to get over work. to the stadium. But come over, eat some breakfast tacos, get a selfie with Step. Um, Hug-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Ish love surprise <laughs> He'll hugs. Be He'll be that. very mad. He's already he's listening to this and fuming. Um, but, yeah, we have, of course, complete coverage of the Texas High School Bowl playoffs or state championships, which are next week. Yes, and then uh, this is... The last official step and te- tep and step of 20- oh, I see what you're trying to Sorry. do. 2019, but we will have realignments this year. Oh, buddy, we got off season. So we got uh, we'll have at least monthly off season editions, minimum monthly. But and we'll probably have a couple of an extra one. I bet we'll around have, realignment. I bet we'll have two in February. Yeah, I bet we'll have two in February. One uh, before, one after realignment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, that's it. That's going to do it for us. We went for 100 minutes. We're psychopaths. Yes. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a prayer your day with us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. And Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We will see you next week for the state championship preview. Woo! Let's have